Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E-Dub, in the house. You know, we're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan from Hear the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are happy to be back. It's the off season, and there's a lot of stuff to talk about and recap from the last month since we last recorded. And uh, I, I need to welcome our usual guys. We're all back together now. I've got lead writer Dustin Lewis and lead graphic designer Fisher Atkins. What's going on, guys? What's up? Finally glad to be back talking about some Florida State athletics. I'll tell you that. It's been a little bit. What's up, bit. Logan? What's up, Dustin? Uh, like like Dustin said, it's good to be back. Um, it was a much-needed break from you two. Uh, oh. good, <laughs> good not to have to talk to Logan for a little bit, but like, just, like Dustin said, we're back. I'm excited. The thing is, though, you text me more than you text your girlfriend, Fisher. And the same goes for you, Dustin. So I don't think you should be talking that way. Same goes for you, Logan. I don't have a girlfriend. I know, so you text me more than her. <laughs> Might be a little sad, but it is summertime. It feels great. My birthday is during the summer, so this is kind of like my season, um, and I'm always in a good mood. And if y'all tick me off for this hour, then I'm not going to talk to you because Game of Thrones is on tonight. <laughs> and if anybody gives me any leaks because I know you don't watch it, Fisher, I'm going to be triggered because I'm not even playing games right now. It's actually huge that I'm recording this on this Sunday. On this series finale. The last episode of Game of Thrones ever. Fisher, why don't you what watch it? What do you it? do after this Sunday? Did we lose Fisher? Yeah, we did. I've been trying to just go on without him so <laughs> he can join him back, but now we're we'll get his reaction in a second when we cut to him. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring him back. All right, we got, we got Fisher back. He's dealing with food poisoning right now, so he might have had to ran, run to the bathroom. Um, <laughs> That's way too much information. <laughs> Don't worry, there's only a couple thousand that listen to it. You don't get it. His uh, Twitter is at FisherAtkinsBlue at 20. All right. Um, but I was just talking about, I know you left this Fisher, but we were talking about Game of Thrones and how this is, I'm being nice enough to even record on a Sunday when it's the series finale. Um, and I was saying, since you don't watch it, right, Fisher? Well, I'm actually in season three right now. Oh, that's funny how that goes, because you told me probably about what, Five, six months ago, you and Forrest were making fun of me for being obsessed with it, and then now you're watching it. That's pretty interesting. Well, it's just fun to make fun of you. Yeah. Well, at this point, I'm kind of making my making fun of myself at being obsessed with it after this season they put out. Yeah, that's. we'll have to save that for the Game of Thrones podcast because we were about to start <laughs> for about 10 minutes. I don't even ran on it. I don't even ran on it. So we're pretty much this podcast is going to be really relaxed. I know usually we'll have a guest on and we'll go through segments and go through some of the big hitters of the week. 
Um, but we're, we got a lot to recap since we haven't recorded and published in about a month. So we're going to kind of just uh, talk freely about what's going on. Um, and we can get started now. So Florida State announced that their season opener against Boise State will be at 7 p.m. And it will be broadcasted by ESPN, so Primetime and Duval. Are y'all going to that game? Uh, I mean, I'm still weighing, weighing my wallet at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I recently just took a job with uh, Mississippi State football, so I might be a little bit busy that weekend. Um taking care of uh mississippi state um however a couple of years ago i might have considered going to this game um mm-hmm. but not not sure it's it's worth the time and, and the money Man. at this point till we till we see a better product product on the field just i'm just being honest that might be that's kind of like, out well that's that's kind of a, a fan's I'm not perspective the, that no, you're not the I only one now. Yeah. No, you're not even close to you. No, that's one. what I was about to point, that there's a lot of fans that would agree with you on that. But this is nice, though. 7 p.m. game, as you know, in Duval, a 3.30 kick would be absolutely a heat wave in that stadium. People would be passing out while they're drinking beer, and <laughs> it, it gets hot in that stadium. So it's nice to see Florida State's going to um, have a season opener in prime time. Yeah. It was also announced, too, a couple of days before that, that Florida State is going to have their home opener at 5 p.m. against ULM. Uh, kind of, I guess you could say, evening game, but it's still going to be bright outside and probably won't get dark till 8, 8.30. Um, and then Florida State will go to Virginia and face the Cavaliers at 7.30 p.m. So, uh Three first games for Florida State are pretty much going to be all evening times. And y'all sound so excited. Awesome. Perfect. <laughs> I just feel like five, like I, like we were kind of talking about before we started recording, like 5 p.m. is a is a weird time to start a football game. It is. I don't, I'm trying to remember the last time Florida State had a 5 p.m. home game. I feel like there was one almost kind of recent, but I might be wrong, but... A weird, weird time that will probably be broadcasted by Netflix. <laughs> was that funny? That was good. Do you like that? I think I actually think uh, Disney Plus. Hulu has live sports. That is I think, Disney. I think Disney Plus is going to pick up a few games. Perfect. I'm excited for them. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the Alabama State game will be streamed on Al- on Disney Plus. I can confirm. You yeah. can confirm that now. Sources. Fisher's got sources now. Wally's in Mississippi. Man. Yeah. How do you? And this is kind of going off topic, though. Um, but how do you feel about like Dan Mullen and his situation going on in, in Florida right now? You know, you were around Dan Mullen a little bit in Mississippi State. Yeah. But yeah, is, he, I... is that shocking to you? What's going on in Gainesville or? You mean just kind of with the just with how he like how he's acting, you know, the things that he said. He just seems awkward and just I don't know. He doesn't seem really with it sometimes. Yeah. So Dan Mullen <laughs> is the perfect fit for Florida. He he reminds me so much of those used car salesmen with like the greased hair and the <laughs> big belly, maybe like the open college shirt. That's that's kind of what he reminds me of. And so I feel like that fits Florida's identity really really well. You're not talking um, about Dustin, are you? No, 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 no. Two, two different. I'm a little greasy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't have much love for Dan Mullen. Uh, not, 
not too sad to see uh, some recent decommits and some recent transfers out of there. Um, but DBU, DBU, baby. Some some news that came out of Florida State too. Uh, Xavier Peters, defensive end. Some a lot of people had some high hopes for him. I know I did. I know we talked about him and we listed him a lot of times on the podcast for being a guy that could get quite a bit of playing time this upcoming season. He's an athletic guy, um, and he just also announced that he's going to be transferring to Kentucky. His main focus is to be with family and mainly his boy, and he wants to grow up with him and be around him more while in Kentucky. So best of luck to him. Any thoughts on that and what that does to the defensive end side? Yeah, so really the loss of Peters just thins out the edge even more. I mean, Florida State's got Janarius Robinson coming back, Joshua Kando. They moved Leonard Warner down from, from linebacker to defensive end, and they've also got some true freshmen coming in, four-star Kushan Fuller, four-star Curtis Fan, and a couple other guys after that. So... Really, at this point, you're looking at an unestablished unit that lost Brian Burns, and you're going to need some guys to step up. Yeah. Um, like like Dustin said, it went from a, a thin depth to, to even thinner. Uh, Florida State's been able to count on sort of a, a go-to pass rush guy the past few years. With the departure of Brian Burns, you don't have that anymore. Uh, unless uh, a certain former five-star can live up to the hype uh, in Josh Kando. Um, I do want to mention, though, Obviously, like losing Peters hurts, but I think it's a positive that he did. He only he left for personal reasons, and it it, it wasn't anything to do with Florida State or the staff. So yeah, yeah. I think people might have gotten a little discouraged about him leaving. But on the bright side, you know, like I said, I think if it was his, if it was a selfish choice, I think I think he would would have stayed at Florida State. Right, and I I mean. That's a decision that you have to respect. You know, he transferred yeah. home to watch his son grow up, and right, right, you know, right. I think that's I think that's an as admirable a reason as you could have to to transfer from anywhere. Right. So good luck, good luck to him, for sure. Most definitely. Speaking of Brian Burns, uh, he had his first rookie camp with the Carolina Panthers, um, I believe last week or early early last week, um, and. He had a pretty impressive uh, couple of days. A lot of the writers and radio hosts and everybody there were there to watch him. And, you know, you always have your eyes on the, the first pick of any team. But I, I kind of want to quote a few tweets that we saw on Twitter of people that were covering it. <clears throat> From Jordan Rodwig, I think that's how you say it. Uh, he said, these practices aren't super helpful to non-coaches no pads, they're evaluating play retention, and we don't see play, etc. But they're a good indicator of speed, particularly what game speed might look like. Brian Burns has it. So he, he's having a good time. He's turning heads over there. Uh, another guy, Max Henson from the Panthers Max, says, Panthers doing some 9-on-9 work. Keep in mind, no pads makes it r- tough to really assess. But man, Brian Burns just exploded off the ball and swarmed past Dennis Daly. In an instant to beat him clean. So he's having a good start there. Uh, I don't think it's a surprise to anybody. He's always been fast. Uh, he's working a little bit w- with the linebackers too and a little uh, part of the camp. So we'll keep an eye on eye on him. And uh, also I see a tweet here where he worked uh, against Greg Little, their, us, their other draft pick. And uh, he's, he's going to be a problem, I think, in the NFL. 
He's just he's also added quite a bit of weight too. Um, so that being that fast and bulking up a little bit is pretty scary. Dustin, absolutely, you... and it, oh, it really sorry, seems ahead. like, yeah, really seems like the the Carolina Panthers are going to use them in multiple ways. I know Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera, the head coach, mentioned that he'll have Brian Burns at defensive end and linebacker, like you said, and they'll also switch from the four three to three four defense. So that'll that'll just change throughout the season where he lines up. I want to see if you can note on a few things from the NBA Combine. Uh, I know we got some measurements about Cabin Gelly. Um, and also, <clears throat> news came out and Terrence Mann tweeted that uh, he also got an NBA Combine invite. So if you want to give a couple notes on that, Dustin. Yeah, I know Terrence was invited to the NBA G League Elite Camp, which was like a, an invitational tryout sort of camp for – some guys to to get looks from both NBA scouts and G League scouts, which is the developmental league of the NBA. And after that, um, 10 10 guys or so were invited to the NBA Combine based on performance, and Terrence was among those guys. So, I mean, props to him for for showing out in front of that kind of talent and also in in front of the scouts. So, Kevin Jelly and Mann both have been at the Combine this week. They've, I think Kevin Jelly sat out of um, the scrimmages and some of the other stuff, but Terrence Mann's pretty much participated in everything because he's been trying to raise his drafts, draft stock, whereas Kevin Gelly is kind of locked into that, that first-round range. But, I mean, just looking at some of the measurements, Kevin Gelly had the third-highest wingspan among forwards. He was the fifth-tallest. Mm. This, this is all among forwards. Fourth-highest standing reach. And then Terrence Mann is also listed along here with the forwards. He had the fourth fourth highest vertical jump 32.5 and a half inches he had the second highest max vertical jump 38 and a half inches and then i mean just going through here you're saying their names a lot uh you get to the shooting drills you've got cabin gelly shooting 100 percent from the nba left corner and you've got terrence Mann shooting 80 percent from the right corner mm-hmm. so really you know they're all sitting there among the top competition. How high can you see Cabin Gelly going? Right now he's kind of being projected in, in that 20 to 30 range, but I really think he could go somewhere near the end of the lottery around the 14th pick. So I'm kind of praying for the Celtics to pick him up. <laughs> <laughs> Who would? I'm not surprised whatsoever. Just kind of going back to the football base of the base of things uh Nooney Murray former Noel we had him on the podcast uh, a couple months ago um uh, former wide receiver had a pretty good camp in Seattle he impressed turned some heads there I'd be interested to see if he could get a shot with Seattle he, they lost Doug Baldwin uh, and I know you wrote a piece about it Dustin about how they kind of compare definitely size wise and the way that he could be utilized yeah I mean it was kind of insane going back, just kind of researching both players, looking at their college stats, because they're, I mean, they're just so similar. They're both five foot ten. Baldwin has, he's one more pound heavier than Murray. So, I mean, they pretty much have the same build. And when you look at the college stats, Murray caught 127 passes for 1,854 yards and 12 touchdowns during his career at Florida State. That's 14.6 yards per, per catch. 
Baldwin caught 96 passes for 1,320 yards and 13 touchdowns, which is one more touchdown than Murray, and his yard per catch is 14.2, so that's just Uh, 0.4 less than than Murray. So really, I mean, they're both similar guys with similar stories coming out of college, and and Baldwin did the same thing. He went into Seattle's rookie camp and impressed, got an invite to training camp and, and took advantage of the opportunity. And, you know, Murray's kind of going along that same path, and he's got he's got the same opportunity to do that as well. Pete Carroll was pretty impressed, too. I'm going off of a tweet from Mike uh, Duggar. Uh, he notes that Pete Carroll was impressed with the whole receiver group. Some guys who stood out to me were DK Metcalf, their first-round pick, Terry Wright, Floyd Allen, and then Nyquan Murray. Um, another guy, Brady Henderson, in Seattle tweeted, while DK Metcalf was clear standout of Seahawks rookie minicamp, other receivers also made strong impressions. Undrafted free agent Terry Wright, Floyd Allen from Ole Miss, and then Nyquan Murray, of course, from Florida State. So, interested to see if he'll get a chance. Even if he doesn't get a shot with Seattle, it seems, you know, word goes around definitely in the NFL, and he could get a shot uh, somewhere else. So, Happy for him, and we'll, we'll keep an eye on where wherever his uh, whatever his future holds. Yeah, and Seattle is really a team that's got to revamp their whole their whole receiving core. I mean, yeah. especially after giving that huge contract to to Russell Wilson earlier this offseason. Yeah. Um, just quoting from that article, the Seahawks only had two receivers record over 600 yards last season: Tyler Lockett and Doug Baldwin. And you know, like we talked about, Doug Baldwin has since retired due to some health issues so really they just have tyler lockett back there as as their uh, proven option some other kind of definitely shocking news uh former noel big time leader during his days at florida state national champion uh, telvin smith announced that he's going to be stepping away from football in 2019 he wants to focus on family health um, and just overall life as it is, uh, and it was it was definitely kind of came out out of nowhere. There was some kind of rumor talk about him and also Jalen Ramsey having some t- uh, having some trouble with their top management people with the Jaguars. Uh, I don't know if that had has anything to do with it. It seems like he's focused entirely on wanting to stay it in Jacksonville and retire there from a tweet that he put out an Instagram post too um, and that it was kind of shocking a little bit shocking to you Fisher yeah definitely and I, I think it was a shock to everybody including the, the especially the Jaguars um, I think they put out a, a statement pretty soon after saying we don't really have a statement just yet <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and I know the Jags were displeased with with Ramsey and Smith uh, both of those guys uh he liked to miss uh, optional OTAs, um, so I know that they were—they're not pleased with both of those guys. Um, It's—it's it's definitely surprising. Telvin Smith, as every FSU fan knows, is just an absolute competitor. Um, probably one of the most competitive guys FSU's ever had, um, ever to play there. And and so I know this is, this had to be a tough decision for Telvin to make. Um, but the the fact that he is such a competitor tells you that this is probably something he needs to do. Um, just because we know that he loves football so much. Um, I know that we have not seen the last of Telvin Smith um, by any stretch. Um, I'm, I'm almost like even still waiting for him to be like, you know what, I can't can't do it, got to play football this year. Um, 
no, but but best. I mean, best of luck to him with whatever situation he's going through. Um, excited to see him back on the field pretty soon. It seems like a lot of people are kind of waiting for it to get closer to training camp because they feel like he'll change his decision and end up showing up to, to Jacksonville for training camp. Yeah. Another uh, former Knoll, uh, EJ Manuel quarterback, announced that he is going to go ahead and hang it up. He's going to retire. Uh, he was actually picked up by the Kansas City Chiefs during the off season, But uh, as Fisher noted, I believe, Last podcast or the one before, you had a big chance of him starting in Kansas City, right? Yeah, yeah, we touched on that last <laughs> podcast about how we fully expected him, him to be the guy in Kansas City. Yeah, um, you know, after after Mahomes wasn't able to pull out the win there in postseason. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's a little bit a little bit of surprise. Uh, congrats to EJ for hanging around in the league and securing the bag. Um, He'll you know? still be up there in the names, Aaron Rodgers, Archie Manning. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Peyton expect Manning. his. Expect or, or, his. Did, uh, did I say Archie Manning? Yeah. I think he did. Uh, but yeah, I guess we'll just wait for his uh, trip up to Canton in a few years. Um, we'll probably all make the trip up there for the ceremony. <laughs> um, but really, just an all-time great. Um, y'all know, like the y'all remember like the fat heads, like the stickers of like the life-size players. Mm-hmm. You could like print out. We'll actually have uh, a fat head, a fat head of EJ Manuel in my room wow. back home currently. So, um, wow, you know, that's vintage now, bro. Yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna sell that for a few thousand dollars now. <laughs> yeah, I would actually get that signed first, though. Um, you could probably grab another five grand off of it or something. Yeah, but uh, I mean, congrats to EJ. Being a backup quarterback in the NFL is probably the best gig in the world. So He was pretty solid. I'll be honest, though. For the Bills, I think they should have given him a little bit longer of a chance there because he had a solid couple of weeks, and the fans were starting to uh, really like what he was uh, doing there for them in Buffalo. Yeah. So I, he, there was some time where it was like, okay, he might yeah. actually get a shot here at being the starting quarterback. But he was a very solid uh, backup in the NFL. He was, he was a pro. He was a pro. He was definitely a top-tier backup. Mm-hmm. In, all, in all seriousness. So uh, yeah. I think teams were happy to have him on their roster. Yeah, and he, he's a good guy too, and wish him best of luck. Um, Absolutely. And he's I, – I tweeted a little bit earlier, but he's, I, I think he'll go into some bit of broadcasting. He did some work with CBS. Yeah, he's he's going to have a lot of prospects open for him. Yeah. i got to mention kind of the, the most memorable play that sticks out in my mind, and I think – one of, one of the signature plays of, of EJ's career at Florida State was his senior, I believe it was his senior season, uh, playing Virginia Tech on the road. may have been a Thursday night. Uh, he had a 39-yard touchdown pass to Rashad Green with about 40 seconds left in the game that I think put Florida State over Virginia Tech. Um, I think it was probably more of a better play by Rashad Green, um, but that, that's just one play that sticks out in my mind. Um, That's where we got hints of Rashad Green being one of the best wide receivers ever in Florida State history, too. Right, yeah. He was a youngin'. Yeah, he was. He was, yeah. We we started a off-season, I guess, article segment kind of piece that we're doing, and it's called Head-to-Head, and it's Null versus Null. And the one that I'm going to bring up here and give – get y'all's opinion on is Derwin James versus Dalvin Cook. So let me put you through this scenario. 
It's third and five, and the offense is outside their opponent's 20-yard line. If the offense converts, they'll be inside the red zone with less than a minute to go in the half. Otherwise, they're settling for a field goal, and the half is likely to end tied up. In our second null versus null scenario, on the offensive side of the ball, we have the all-time leading rusher in Florida State history, Dalvin Cook, ready to go in the I formation. On the defensive side of the ball, we have one of the hardest-hitting safeties in the game, Derwin James Jr. Who wins? I'll let, uh, who wants to go first? Dustin, you want it? Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Don't sound very sure. Is it is it tough? Is it, is it when it comes to you? Is it... I, I got I got my answer. This okay. Is, this isn't tough. This is not tough. Not tough at I all. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's really tough. Oh wow. Okay. I'm interested to see this. I want to see if y'all are both saying it's not tough at all, and y'all be have opposite. Well, it depends. Picks. Are we talking about true freshman Derwin, or are we talking about the Derwin after that year? This, right, this now, peak, now you're asking this too much. Peak. We're peak. talking about both players at their peak. Healthy, healthy Derwin, healthy Dalvin. So true freshman Derwin, because that was his peak at Florida State, I would say. That's when he was utilized, right? <laughs> um, I mean, man, just think about what we watched Dalvin Cook do at Florida State. All-time leading rusher. Say, I mean, really, think about it. He was a saving grace for, for Florida State mm-hmm. in 2015 and, and 2016 as well. I mean, obviously, you got some help from, from Francois in 2016, but 15, Everett Golson, Sean McGuire under center, and Dalvin Cook just, just carries his team to 10 wins, the Orange Bowl the year after that. So, I, I mean, I think you've got to go with Dalvin Cook because he couldn't just beat Derwin James head-to-head. He could beat 11 people head-to-head at one time. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Dalvin Cook was uh... – I don't think you can overstate the importance that Dalvin uh, brought to Florida State because I, I think had you not had Dalvin Cook, I think things would have gotten a lot worse a lot sooner, um, especially that 2015 year. Um, he, he, he is magic. Um, Derwin James is, is a bad man, a, a very bad man, uh, probably one of the greatest athletes ever played at Florida State. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't want to meet him in a hole, um, but – if you go back and watch Dalvin's tape, I mean, he, he did, like, stupid things to people. Um, I'll never forget the, uh, the the Florida game where this guy tries to – he thinks a shoulder is enough to bring Dalvin down. Um, he thinks the play is over, and Dalvin puts on the brakes and, and takes up – stops stops before he reaches the sideline and, and takes up off field. So I got to give it to, to DC4, man. Um, nobody can stop that, man. I can't wait to I'm, – I'm with Dalvin Cook too, but I'm interested to see uh, for their NFL careers how long it's going to be and how successful it will be for both of them because Dalvin, when he's healthy, I think is going to do really good in Minnesota. And as we know, Derwin James already, as a rookie last year, was extremely impressive and ticked me off a lot of times when he faced <laughs> them as being a Steelers fan. So I, I think they have some strong, bright futures ahead of them on the NFL yep. side of things. And I believe we'll actually get maybe a look at this competition. Florida State is, or Florida State, uh, the Vikings are actually going to play the Chargers <clears throat> in California on December fifteenth. So we might get a showing of that right in front of our eyes. So I think 
I think last year Dalvin had hit the top speed in the entire NFL coming off of ACL surgery. Is that right? Uh, there's there's some, there's some metric where you can yeah, measure like a twenty one. I think they looked at I think they looked at one of his long runs he broke off last year, and I think it was uh, the top speed of any player in the NFL coming off of ACL surgery. If that tells you how special he is. Some recruiting Ooh. stuff we'll we'll get into now. Uh, Florida State's up and coming quarterback from high school Jeff Sims has risen to a composite four star from 247 sports Uh, I'm interested to see how much farther he's able to go because he was invited to the elite 11 also yeah I mean I I really think there's a good chance Jeff Sims ends up as a top 150 prospect at, at the minimum with a chance to break into that top 100 I mean he's a really impressive quarterback six foot four um, almost 200 pounds at this point. Yeah, he's gaining so, weight. Yeah, yeah, he already weighs more than James Blackman. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! You're not coming after Blackman, are you? Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> also, Florida State still holds the number five class in the country for the 2020, um, and they're holding weight. What's the top five right now, Fisher? Do you have it up? Yeah, so uh, let's see. Obviously, Clemson. Uh, Clemson, I, like I, Clemson, like I there? feel like, like I don't think the uh, ranking is fair. I feel like there should be like a special number just for Clemson. Um, <laughs> like I don't think one does justice to their class as it stands right now, um, because it's one Clemson, and then there's like a big gap, and then there's the rest of the country. I think. Um, I think. The reason Clemson's up there is because of the slide that they have in there and the cubbies they can sleep in and everything. I'm telling they you, he is Get a slide. Florida State can move up to at least number two in a matter of a month. Yeah. So you got you got Clemson uh, one, LSU two, Bama three, Miami four, and Florida State five. Uh, also, you got Florida at seven. Uh, so the top three schools in Florida, the big three, are all in the top ten and all pretty pretty close to each other at the moment. Um, I don't know. I hate looking at I hate looking at team rankings this this early in the year, but it's, it's it's bound to change. But as it stands right now, Florida State is is primed to to finish well this class and have a and have a hopefully a top ten class. Also, to note, there's three ACC teams up there in the top five. Right, you're right. Yeah. ACC, ACC. <laughs> Any note on that, Dustin? I mean, I kind of agree with what Fisher said. Uh, at this point, there's no point in, in looking at these recruiting rankings. I mean, a year ago, Miami was was number one uh, in the recruiting rankings. Obviously, decommit decommit you struck, and they fell all the way down to what what was it twenty or something by the time the uh, 2019 class yeah. actually came around. So, you know, you're looking at Miami at number four right now. I don't think they'll they'll stay there. They've already been losing some commits this offseason, as as we like to point out every time someone decommits from Miami. <laughs> on the notepad, on the notepad. It's also, yeah. I mean, Bama was like in the 30s this time last year, um, or something something like that. And obviously, they nobody was really worried too worried about them. Right. Uh, so I mean, it's really just something you can't put a lot of weight into, a lot of weight to at this point. Right. Yeah. It, it, once once that season starts and teams start winning and losing games, it'll it'll shake itself out. So you're saying we kind of wasted three minutes of our listeners' day. Yeah. 
Okay, perfect. They'll love that. <laughs> Guys, while I'm, while I'm at it, if you want, you can rate us five stars on iTunes and you can leave a review. Um, and it'd be much appreciated. But we'll go ahead and get into our regular cemented pieces. Uh, we'll go ahead and, I'm just going to list through the latest commits. Uh, IMG three star defensive end Josh Griffiths committed to Florida State. He's a big bell cow for their class. Uh, a big commitment from wide receiver and small forward dual athlete, four-star Malachi Weidman. I watched a highlight of him yesterday, or multiple highlights of him at an event, dunking on people. And just, I think he jumped over a guy dunking. Um, so I think he's going to be really fun to watch at Florida State. Four-star linebacker Jayon McCluster committed to Florida State. Three-star defensive back Derek Bermudez. He also attends the same school as Jeff Sims. And to finish it off right now, four-star defensive back Jalen Harrell is going to pick with the Knolls for right now. Solid list for sure. I mean, a lot of defensive guys, it seems like. And to kind of top off the end of the podcast, uh, softball is looking to actually head to the Super Regional right now. I know I have the game up on my screen, but we're currently on commercial break. But I believe they're leading 7-6 to six in the sixth inning. So if they win this game against South Carolina, they will move on to the Super Regional. Uh, yesterday, or was it two days ago, they had four back-to-back yesterday. home yesterday. So, yeah, they, they had four back the back the back the back home runs. And you know what's you know what's crazy about that is you know about about two in the morning last night I was sitting on my couch watching Sports Center. Why are you up at two a.m.? I've I've got insomnia. But they showed the top plays of the day and they gave the the four home runs number four. And then after that they showed some other stuff that wasn't as impressive. I'm not even gonna try and be specific about it. So I mean, did they have any of the Celtics in. in the top ten for the top plays? Yeah, Kyrie packing his suitcase so quick he could get out of Boston tonight. It, it was a top play. It was crazy. That was awesome. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that replay. Not at two a.m., but I saw it in the morning when I watched it like a regular human being. Um, where's uh, Where's Kyrie gonna end up? Not Boston. Not Boston. What about the Lakers? Go for it, bro. <laughs> That'd be my dream. Lakers or New York, I don't care. Yeah, hopefully one of the two. We'll let we'll let Dustin have a Celtics game day. Hear the That'll be a different podcast something. rant for sure. Yeah, hear the plant or whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> four leaf clover. That one's not bad. Nah, actually not that bad. We'll go and get you set up after this. But I think that's going to pretty much do it, unless y'all have anything else y'all want to go over. I will go ahead and let you guys know, though, that next week we'll have former Noel uh, star Terrence Mann on the podcast as a guest. We're excited for that. We'll be able to talk about his um, combine and how it's going and everything that will lead him into the draft. So we're definitely excited to have him on. But unless y'all have anything else to talk about this week, this will pretty much wrap it up. I'm glad that we're back on. Yeah, I mean, I think we should briefly mention the fact that the NCAA is exploring the possibility of um, allowing players to profit off their likeness. And in turn, that would allow EA Sports to 
potentially create a new NCAA football game. This is true. I'm getting a little excited hearing that. Yeah, I mean, it's been, what, five? No, well, six years yeah, since the last NCAA football game. I remember me and Fisher used to play a little bit. We used to play Madden, um, and I kind of worked him that is, on that for hours. That is not even true and, at all. And so I'm only getting, like, just the dream, the dream of facing him. Florida State well, versus Mississippi State, 8 o'clock. You got beat so bad that all you all you play now is Fortnite. No, 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 no. I don't play. I, you you ran away. I play Apex. Okay, okay. Well, I will say Madden does not even come close to the NCAA franchise. Not at all. Not at despite, all. Despite Madden still being made today, the gameplay quality is not even close to a game that came out six years ago. Not at all. Yeah. Um, I'm a little concerned about uh, the America's economy when NCAA uh, <laughs> makes a turn. I'm a little worried about uh, families and, and people that are going to be affected by the return of this game. Um, man, it, it's people are going to be it, – it's exciting if this game can I'll come back. I'll mention we'll see uh, rising percentages and, and breakups, divorces. That's what I'm saying. That's what things. I'm saying, man. Uh, it, it could be it could be a little dangerous. Uh, It'd be unprecedented for sure. <laughs> yeah, people are gonna be dropping out of school, quitting their jobs. <laughs> yeah, so um, but super super pumped about that. That's that's exciting. Um, I think they're gonna reach a decision in October is when the final report will come out. So um, if so, we could be looking at a game coming out hopefully next summer, depending on um, what EA wants to do with that when that decision is made. Yeah, they're gonna make a lot of money if this goes through. Absolutely, and I think they know it too. Yeah, because I'll be buying Xbox Live just to work Fisher for hours and hours. Hey, if you're not doing anything this afternoon. I'll be on. <laughs> I, I I'll got be- I got Game of Thrones party to get ready for, so I'm sorry, man. Whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that will pretty much end this podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. As I noted before, you can listen to us on iTunes, and if you are nice enough, you could rate us five stars and leave a review if there's anything that you guys would like us to talk about or certain segments to bring up. You can also listen to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Uh, but that will do it. Looking forward to our guest next week, Terrence Mann. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Mama.